0: Welcome to the Art and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. This podcast is an experiment in philosophical conversation intended to inspire hope and inspiration in your creative pursuits. Follow along as I interview creatives from all backgrounds and walks of life. Listen while you work, listen while you create, listen while you dream up your next breakthrough idea. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, or craft, whatever that looks like. Now, let's dive into this concept we call creativity. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos, and with me today is Jess Gumkowski. She is a triathlete, she is a coach. And she's also a yoga teacher. And that's where I met her years back at a yoga studio called Woven in uh, Carlsbad, California. So in this episode, we dive into all sorts of really cool stuff. Uh, we, we go into the ego, the soul, progression through life, um, moving from a space of calm, and uh, we even get... A little bonus meditation thrown in there. So if you're uh, if you're feeling like you'd enjoy a little bit of a slowdown, a little relax, this is going to be perfect for you. Um, yeah. Jess has got some podcasts that we want you to go check out. So those are in the show notes. And give her a listen, give her a follow, share it out to anybody who you know who's into athletics at all meditation, yoga, mindfulness, being awesome. Yeah, she's into that. And I hope you are too. So without further ado, Jess Kumkowski. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I am your host, Taylor Gallegos. And with me today is a very special guest. Now this person is uh, sort of A jack of a lot of trades she is involved in a lot of different things and the way that i got to meet her was through yoga Uh, she was one of my favorite instructors over at woven uh which was in carlsbad a couple years back and uh we've been in touch ever since i've been watching you do your thing and uh so yeah today with me is jess gumkowski jess thanks for being on the show
1: Thanks so much, Taylor. I'm really excited to, to be here, and my ego loves that I'm your favorite yoga instructor, one oh, of your favorite yeah. yoga instructors. Oh,
0: definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: ego is always alive and well, and I think it's fun just to recognize it and say, okay, little self, look at that. You gotta you gotta win.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, what you're doing works. I, I definitely have loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, why don't you start by telling everybody who you are, where you're from, how you
1: got to where you're at and what you do. Wow, that is quite a journey, right? We're here for a journey, and um, I feel like I came out of the womb ready for a journey. Um, I've always just been really intuitive and lived from my heart. I grew up on Cape Cod, I'm a native New Englander, and definitely attuned very well to that edginess of New England, but there was always a part of me that just craved expansion, that craved like spreading my wings, and I had these amazing parents who always let me do that? So I grew up in uh, a beautiful home on Cape Cod, and um, you know, when it came to college time, I just I was so confused. I was that person that just didn't know what they wanted to do, and people would ask me. You know, the guidance counselor would say, "What do you want?" And I said, "I want to go everywhere, and I want to meet everybody, and I want to see everything." And obviously that was not a logical thing. So I tried to put myself in a box. I went to school. That didn't work. I ended up going to five schools in five different years and saw a lot of things and met a lot of people and did a lot of things. Uh, Never got my bachelor's. And then ended up in Newport, Rhode Island, where I landed my dream job. So again, something just having this intuition that I loved um, being around people and, and assisting people, I became an event planner, and I loved that. I had a really strong organizational sense about me and loved putting things together, and I loved being in charge, loved being in charge. And that's where I met the love of my life, my husband, who I fell in love with when I watched him walk up the stairwell one day. And I just, I say, I fell in love with the back of him. And what I know now is that that was the moment that our souls came together in this life to do the work that we do now. So we fell in love and and I feel, we've been together for 23 years and I feel like it. I feel the same way as I did the day I saw him walk up those stairs. Um, and we stayed in Newport, Rhode Island for a long time, but, you know, I needed to spread my wings. I was getting itchy, and we moved out to Boulder, Colorado for 10 years, which was an amazing experience. That is where I became uh, a massage therapist and started working with athletes. I really wanted to work with athletes. Being in Boulder, Colorado, we were surrounded by the world of triathlon and rock climbing and skiing and snowboarding, and my husband and I got into triathlon. And it was a moment when I was in triangle pose in my bedroom, and I was a triathlete at the time, and I have been a yogi for a long time, I started practicing yoga in the early 1990s, that I realized at that time I was the only athlete I knew that was practicing yoga. And also I realized that yoga and triathlon brought me to the same place from very different directions. And so in that moment, I my husband was a web designer. We had a web design business at the time. And I asked him if yogi com was available. And he said, yes. And I said, reserve it. I have no idea what it is, but do it. It's something. And I went back and finished my practice. And As time went on, that became my blog, where I wrote about yoga and triathlon and and the cross-section of those things and how it affected my life. And then we found ourselves 10 years later, after living in Boulder, never thought we were ever going to leave, and we moved back to Rhode Island. One of our clients with our our, um, web design business Wanted my husband in-house and it was just one of those we were in our mid-30s and it was just one of those opportunities that We'd be close to family. We had an opportunity to really clean up some financial um, Circumstances debt and things that we occurred Um, I was very materialistic. I was very attached to the way that my house looked. I was very attached to my things Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so um, went back east for five and a half years. That was in 2010. And I swear we were planning our escape from day one, because even when we lived in Boulder, we loved Boulder. We loved the lifestyle. The thing that Boulder taught me was it doesn't matter what you do. As long as you're happy, that's the most important thing. And Coming from New England, it was like, no, you get a job and you make a lot of money and you drive a nice car and you have a huge yard and you've got somebody to mow it and it's a colonial and it's this and that. And that always just felt so heavy. And I think that's what really tied me into those material things. And Boulder really started to allow me to expand, which felt very natural to me, to attune myself to a life where there was more happiness and less pressure about what you did and what you looked like. And so, uh, even when we were in Boulder, we loved Boulder, but we were like didn't we weren't into the cold. And people would say, "You guys just need to live in San Diego." And when I was a little girl, <laughs> I grew up on Saturday nights watching the Love Boat, and their port of call was San Diego, mm-hmm. and. The love boat, which is so funny, taught me two things about myself. One, I always wanted to live in California. And two, I always wanted to elope when I got married because there was all these people that would come on board (laughs) and they would elope and I wanted to. So we ended up eloping uh, when we did get married. And now we're here in California. So when we were back in New England, that's where I met my meditation teacher. That's where I met my yoga mentor who eventually I trained under and became a yoga instructor. And I see such purpose to those five and a half years back east. And it was December 2015. We had just finished coming back from doing Ironman Cozumel, which landed on our 13th wedding anniversary. And we had let go of one of our amazing dogs two days before leaving to go to Mexico. And I came back and we're going into another New England winter and I was meditating and I just felt... I mean, I could, like, I could cry because I just felt so alone. I felt, I felt like I had hit a ceiling. I felt so lost. I, I had everything I ever dreamed of. I was living in my dream home and I just felt like there was something that was not happening in my life that needed to happen and I didn't know what it was. And I sat in meditation that day and it's so cheesy, but it was like, I can pick out the font, like, and it was all white and it just said California. And my husband was uh, working a job that was providing very well for us, but it was not aligned with what he wanted to do. He always wanted to be a coach, like a coaching triathlon and um, but like so many people, we were so scared to walk away from the paycheck, and probably him more so than me. and I think falling into that old paradigm of the man providing and you know all that stuff, it just It just felt so misaligned and we knew we had to break it, but we were patient. We knew that it would happen eventually. I came out of that meditation and I texted my husband at work and I said, we're out of here. I got a plan. I had no plan, but immediately I saw like the three (laughs) dots, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, he's on this. And he just wrote, I'm in as long as it's warm. And I said, he came home that night, he said, what's the plan? I said, I have no idea what the plan is, but I'm going to meditate tomorrow and I'm going to meditate the next day and I'm going to meditate the next day. And I know it's going to come because there's something between point A and point B that's huge. And I don't know what it is, but I trust that it's going to come. And it did. And what that was was what became known as the Ride the High Vibe Tour. Um, And (laughs) what happened between December of 2015 and June of 2016 was that we got rid of everything, almost everything we owned. We put our whole lives into a carry-on suitcase, moved into our Honda Fit with our golden retriever Clark, and we hit the road. We left everything behind. We got rid of everything. Um, all this beautiful art, art, all my gorgeous material things, my pottery barn, my pier one, all that stuff that just, I think I was searching so much for things outside of me for fulfillment. And I realized like none of that was, yeah, it was beautiful and, and I appreciated it, but I really began to detach from it, which was such a gift. And we hit the road and we had no itinerary and boy, we were crossing our fingers and our toes that we would land in California. But we were open. We would get up every morning, we would meditate together, and we would say, show us what's next. And we were on the road for six months. We had just launched our podcast uh, in April of 2016, so we did over 50 interviews all over the country. People would just find out what we were doing, and, and we would say you they'd say you have to interview this person in Kansas City and we would drive to Kansas City and and the ride the high vibe tour was about sharing the message that living a more vibrant life is within reach for everyone right now and so for some people it was we had our Vitamix with us so for some people it was we'd make them like their first green smoothie (laughs) Um, for some people they would send us a message and say oh my gosh I heard you got rid of everything and I cleaned out my linen closet today and I feel so much lighter so it wasn't like you had to quit your job and get rid of everything. It might have just been like taking a walk in the face of a day where there was too much on your list to do. So all of these things, we just wanted to share this, this awareness that you can live a more vibrant life. And six months later, to the day that we left, we landed here in this amazing village of Carlsbad. And we've been here ever since. And I feel like I have lived here for my whole life.
0: It's amazing.
1: So, that's the story.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's really great. <laughs> awesome. That's uh wow, there's so many cool parts to that. So, I'm from Boulder. I was, oh, I was born in Boulder. Cool. Grew up right outside of it, and it's cool to hear you say all those things about it cuz it definitely is that sort of a vibe of uh, like do whatever you want to be happy. Like, just live a happy life and get out. And, like, there's so many active things going on. And really, it's, like, people do whatever they do in their life to make sure that they can do the things that they want to do.
1: That was such a foreign concept to me. (laughs) It really was. You know, it was, I grew up, my my parents are amazing. They really are amazing. Um, But it was ingrained in me, like, like, you don't get married in your 20s. Your 20s are for you. You get your job, you get your insurance, you get your car, you get your... And I, I'm like, oh my God, I got to get all this stuff? Like, I got to get all this, I got to do all this stuff? And it just felt <laughs> so linear yeah. and regimented and limited. And then that, that expansive part of me was choking on that kind of life. And yeah. I think that's why college never worked for me. Um, roommate situations never worked for me. Like, it just, I needed to be free. I needed to... Um, to just go with my heart and um, but I look back on all of it, and i wouldn't change i mean i wouldn't change a thing right not one single moment of misery or limitation i wouldn't change any of it yeah
0: it's really interesting how different places geographically in the country have a have almost like a a zeitgeist to them mm-hmm. like a, a collective conscious to them like like the northeast has like i feel like the history of that area just has a really powerful effect on on life there and um the way that people live and you know i mean that's a huge generalization but uh there is definitely like common themes of ways of thinking in different parts of of the country
1: yeah you know as a massage therapist when i moved from boulder back to rhode island um It was so interesting because there was this... um, I I prided myself on being this, like, you know, I can go really deep. Like, I'm I'm a small woman, but, like, I was really strong, right? So I prided myself on these things that were just, like, they weren't really helpful, right? Because once people in Rhode Island found out that I could go really deep and I could basically cause a lot of discomfort during their massage, it was like I I had a six-month waiting list. I couldn't take on any more clients, and I realized that there's this, like there's this level of suffering there that uh, was, and it's not everybody, yeah. but there was this level of like, I need to, to hurt during this healing modality in order to feel like anything was worth it. And I feel like that hard work, like it's gotta be such hard work. And now that I have really opened up and, and aligned with I think who we all truly are, So much of success and abundance and vibrancy in this life is about allowing. And it's about not always working so hard for everything. In fact, it's a lot about doing nothing. And that is such a deep programming. Um, I think it was one that I was meant to come here and experience and talk about and teach. Because I was really good at suffering and being tough. Really good. Was really good at winning arguments and starting them,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I can't imagine um, engaging in anything like that now.
0: Um, okay, so you mentioned your ego earlier, mm. and it sounds like uh, I mean the shedding of the material things that you did was that's all like letting go of parts of your ego. Um, it mm. sounds like, and then was there was there like one moment where your ego cracked? Or was it, like, a slow progression mm-hmm. over time?
1: Well, um, so, you know, the ego... Because
0: <sighs> I had an ego crack moment, and I'm I'm just wondering... I've got
1: a like... major ego surrender moment. Um, but, the, you know, the ego is... It's not our enemy. Right. It's not our enemy. It's our individuality. It makes you you, and it makes me me. And it allows this conversation to be interesting and contrasting. And, <laughs> um... But... It's the part of us that forgot who we are, and so it's the self-preservation. It's the well, my paycheck is bigger than yours, so I'm better. Or, in order for me to win, somebody's going to lose, and I don't really care if they lose. You know, that's that's the part of it. It's just the part of us that just forgot who we are, and so it's not our enemy, but certainly it's a terrible master. Um, and when Beach and I, BJ's, BJ's my husband, I call him Beach. When Beach and I uh, moved here. We had no plan B. You know, we went all in with Yogi Triathlete. And Yogi Triathlete is, is we have a team of endurance athletes, you know, ultra runners, you know, just people doing uh, insane, amazing things, running 100 miles, doing Ironmans, you know. Um, they're pretty much, pretty much most of the team is going long. And I love that because to me, that's all about being the master of your mind. And endurance athletes talk a lot about mental training but we bring what we believe is true mental training is that is meditation is taming the mind is making the mind one pointed and I think that that's really missed so all that said we really felt on our hearts like we got to go all in and at that time, you know, both of us had been meditating for a while. We've been under the guidance of an amazing being. Uh, we understand law of attraction, universal law, all that stuff. Understood the ego, um, when to identify when it's, you know, it's just driving us from that lower self. And, and so all that said, what happened was we, we had this pretty scary financial dismantling when we moved here. Because we pulled up going, we got the keys to the kingdom. We've got the biggest hearts. Like, we're going to show everybody the way and they're all going to come. But we realize that we're up against the ego, right? We're up against this self-preservation, this um, inability to open, to not be so constricted, to realize that there's nothing, there is nothing, even in 2020, there is nothing to fear in this life. And... This is another thing I would never change again. I would never, ever change. And, you know, we, we were putting our rent and our groceries on a credit card. And that allowed me to learn what true gratitude is. And it also helped me learn to attune to abundance. And so the ego-cracking moment was a moment where I was crossing the coast highway. Because anytime I'd be in the fear or the terror, I would walk down to the beach. We live very close to the beach. That was something we were not going to compromise on. Nice. I would go down to the beach and I would breathe and I would think about all the drops of water in the ocean. And I would say there was no lack in this universe. Like I am burning in the fires of purification and I'm all good with that. <laughs> but I need to continue to, to really deepen this belief and understanding that there is no lack in this universe. That money is energy. And I have lived in lack. Even when I had a bunch of money, it was still not enough. Mm. And I started to cross back over and I just looked up because I was so tired of being so scared and I just looked up and I said, all right, I surrender. If, if I need to move back home at 45 years old and live with my mom and dad, I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'm done trying to make something happen. I'm, I'm done trying to convince people to come along i'm done i surrender and that for me was this merging of my self-will which is held in that individualized ego with the divine will and everything changed from that moment on (laughs) everything changed and it was i was ready for it it there wasn't a fight anymore and I had practiced all this gratitude and this abundance, and I had this whole new level of understanding that I was a powerful co-creator in this universe, but that I was not the doer. And I and that is a, a I think a New England programming. It didn't. It wasn't all up to me. And I needed to let go of this like, I've got to make it happen. And that's when the ego just took a big exhale and I buckled it into the back seat, and I said, I got you. <laughs> like, it's okay. I'm driving the car. Eliz- Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this in her book, Big Magic. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm driving the car, you stay back there, you can come along, it's okay, but you, can't, you, you cannot change the station on the radio, yeah. and you will never get the keys. And so that was this really beautiful surrender moment I think of the ego for me that's the one that there's been many but that's the one that where my life shifted in this most beautiful direction
0: Hmm. I
1: want to know yours (laughs) um
0: (laughs) yeah nice (laughs) I was I feel like I was just in my ego for my whole life um you know from the time it really kind of kind of formed uh in like middle school high school uh I'd be came kind of who I thought I should be or who I wanted to be it was all kind of a mask that I wore um I, I just feel like I will always wore masks of like who I thought I should be in whatever situation and I would say things that weren't me I would I would do things that weren't me I was just like living out of uh alignment or integrity with who I really was at my core like who I was as like a kid you know like that essence of me and um yeah I was just like not enjoying what I was like what like where my life was going I was like getting myself into financial issues I was like just like causing social issues like just problems with people and like uh and I was doing yoga like I was going to yoga at black sheep and this is like I don't know 10 years ago nine years ago and there was one um I don't know if you know his name, Ash, Ashton, he's uh, Ashton Zabo, he's a great yoga teacher, but I was in his class and he was talking about the ego, and it was like all of the problems in my life had like bubbled up to a boiling point, and there was nowhere I could go, there was nowhere to run, and this class, this yoga class, it's like, it was like he was speaking directly to me with like the power of like God in his voice, he's like, this is what you're doing to yourself when you do these things, and I'm like uh it just like I just like snapped it was like I had an emotional release like couldn't stop crying
1: that's so awesome it was like
0: cracked and I'm like in down dog and I'm just like crying I'm like what the fuck is happening to me right now (laughs) and and it was just like it was all there and then uh yeah uh he yeah I just got it after the class was over I like got up and like Basically ran out of the classroom because I was, you know, and and I was like embarrassed that I was crying. I'm like a man and in, in, in public, and and I just had to get out of there. And I was like, I had to go, Like basically go home and be like, into a hole. Be, like what? What is going on? Yeah.
1: And, um, oh man, yoga is. I've had I've had some crazy moments in yoga too.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's amazing though. You know, it's like wow, we gotta. You know with endurance a- athletics you know we break our bodies down so much running 50 miles you know doing an Ironman that for some people they really need that in order for the emotion to flow because it's been so stuck Yeah. you know so suppressed and I loved that when I first started doing triathlon, it was like, I realized, like, I was running to find out who the hell I was, and I was running to release the suppression, and then it became this incredible spiritual journey, which then became my profession, you know, which which became Yogi Triathlete.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's crazy. It's so, really
0: crazy, and it's cool how, I mean, I, I guess I feel like a lot of endurance athletes, a lot of... Um, yeah a lot of athletes in general are doing the work that they're doing for a spiritual like personal psychological element in their life you know and like and then we're, we're going through these processes yoga for sure it's like uh, it kind of like peels the layers back of your onion and then gets to the the essence of you and, and um, I know yoga is just yoga is so awesome because it's like all it is is you're, you roll out a mat and you do these postures for an hour and you breathe and then you roll out your mat up. But there's like so much more and the farther and it's cool because the more you do it, the more the deeper you go. And I, the, yeah, and on then, all levels. And the deeper you go, the more you uncover in yourself.
1: Yeah. And that yoga mat, I love that yoga mat, right? Everyone thinks it's a yoga mat. It's a laboratory. Yes. Like it's a little rectangle laboratory you get on it. And you know, the essence of yoga is that is, is really mindfulness is paying attention to what you're doing while you're doing it. So paying attention to the thoughts that you're indulging, paying attention to, are you pushing into that pose too much? You know, are you you holding yourself out? Because
0: Like, are you not allowing yourself to go in deep? Yeah, like, are you,
1: and so I always encourage students to find that that sweet spot where they're not forcing themselves in, but they're not holding themselves out, because, you know, when were we ever taught, like, Beach and I were talking yesterday, I'm like, where the hell was, like, Compassion 101 class, like, where was, you know, where was the truthfulness class, like, where was the class on truth and how to live from your truth, and, and, um, (laughs) and, and I think that, you know, healing and changing your thoughts or, or tuning your vibration or calibrating to the life that you want, whatever, whatever words you want to use, you got to feel all this stuff that's been stuck in the corners. And we weren't really, I wasn't taught to do that, certainly not in New England, I wasn't taught to do that. Not mm-hmm. even in my cute little Cape Cod town, we were not taught how to sit and breathe through the emotion of fear or anger or jealousy. No. Or unworthiness. We weren't... So what do you do with it, right? You basically taught the opposite. Yeah, you stuff it down, you soldier on, you yeah. make sure you get a freaking paycheck yeah. at the end of the week.
0: Especially the East Coast vibe, there's like this, you know, tough exterior. Oh, yeah. And then when you get to know someone, then you, you really get to know their interior, but like, everyone kind of walks around like, All right, I mean, I don't know you yet, so I'm not, not going to trust you. You're 100% I'll be, I'll be correct. nice to you, but...
1: Yeah, I don't know you. when we moved back, when we moved back from Boulder, we went to this um, this bar that we used to go to when we when we lived in Newport before, and I remember it was called Friends. I don't even know if it's there anymore. It's called Friends. This is so funny. So it's called Friends, and I remember walking in, and because they always had great beer on tap, and we walked in and we said, "Oh, we, so, you know, we're so psyched to be here. We just moved here from Boulder," and the bartender was just like crunchy, like just salt, salty, crunchy, like gives us this look, like. You know, whatever they were thinking. And, and I had this moment. I said, oh, we're New Englanders. We used to live here. Oh, my God, the beer's on the house, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, my gosh, because I, yeah. I allowed them to feel okay, because I get you. I'm <laughs> yeah. a New Englander, too. And, it was, and, we ha- and we started doing that as a practice. And, it, and we would play with it, too. Like, we'd go in, and we'd be like, oh, we just moved here. And we'd watch. And then we'd be like, oh, we're from we're native New Englanders. we we've lived we lived in Newport, you know, for seven years. And oh my God, welcome back. Oh, I think I remember you now. Yeah. And I was like, my god, you guys, take the armor off. It's all right.
0: Yeah. Relax. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which will piss somebody off big time. Don't tell them to relax. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. No, definitely don't do that.
0: No. No one likes that, especially from there.
1: <laughs> and I you know, I love that culture. I love that culture. I love it. I mean it really allowed me to be to be strong
0: yeah.
1: um but there was a there was a softening and an allowing that was not taught
0: yeah I mean talk about the the strength that you build through yoga I mean it's like strength through softening yes it's like a different kind of strength
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it's not a weakness
0: no and it's like uh that's the cool thing about doing a practice you know over time is that you uh at first you just have to figure out the poses and then you figure out the alignment to the poses and then when you have the proper alignment then you can sink deeper into them and when you sink deeper then your muscles fire in a, in a more intense powerful way and then that's sending like that's making you more uncomfortable which is gonna bring out the ideas and the thoughts that are maybe like easy to stuff down but then you're like oh actually I like I hate being pushed this way and then you're like oh What's up, ego? Yeah, there at, you look are. Look at that preference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now,
1: what am I gonna do with that? Am I gonna feed it, or am I gonna, or am I gonna shift what I'm focusing on, and just allow it to be there?
0: Yeah.
1: I had an athlete that I work with um, a couple weeks ago said they're injured, and um, I have a couple athletes that I work with right now that are working through some stuff in their bodies, and one of them said like, okay, I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. What am I missing? What can I do? What is the one thing I can do? I said, "What if you just allow it to be there? What if you just allowed it to be there, as opposed to always trying to fix it?" Mm. And they were like, "Oh yeah, I haven't done that one yet."
0: <laughs> <laughs> i
1: like, "Okay." And then that's ended up, you know, what we started talking about, and then, and that's what I do with athletes is like, you know, something like that. For example, then we start, then we meditate together, and I give them some guidance to how do you allow it, you know, to be there. And it really, it's so simple. The breath is such a perfect tool. We overcomplicate things, you know? So when you're feeling all that, you know, fear about never being able to run again or ride your bike again or swim again, just put your awareness on your breath, right? And there's the mental training. That's the mind training. Can you just put your awareness on the breath and not all the noise about what's wrong?
0: Yeah, and I'll bet, I mean, a lot of those things are temporary but our minds our egos are like jump to worst case scenario mm-hmm. and they're like oh this is gonna take forever
1: and then what happens it takes forever yep right yep. we're all are we all kind of living that right now
0: yeah totally <laughs> and the things you focus on as a, that are negative that you uh judge as negative are it's almost like time has this interesting expansion and contraction element like when when we're happy and we're having fun when we think that things are good, time just flows. Time like evaporates, and you just like you get in the zone of life and everything's happy and good, and time flies. When you are in some sort of a suffering situation and you focus on that, time like slows and every second doubles in length, and it's like the clock slows down, and you're just stuck with your shit.
1: Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a tool to sit in that shit, you're going to feel stuck for sure. For sure. But you know, I always like wherever you feel stuck, wherever you feel resistant, wherever you feel judgmental, wherever you feel insecure, like that's your work.
0: Yeah.
1: That's your work. There's the gift. That's your work. And, um, once you really embrace that, like, Oh my God, that guy cut me off. Thank you so much. That's my work.
0: (laughs) You know, that's my work.
1: COVID. Thank you. Oh my gosh. There's my work. Am I scared of you? Ooh, there's my work.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, COVID's been interesting. My mom has asthma. And so then she went through, like, we're in the spring when it was really scary, when no one really knew what was going on or how it was transmitted and all this stuff. It was like the fear level was like super high Mm -hmm. at that point. Um, she was feeling a lot of stress and anxiety about it. And, uh, from what I've heard from the different books I've read and like the idea came to me that I was like, you have to accept that you might die and like we had this like real deep conversation about this and like we both like had this like reckoning with the fact that she could die and that like okay well how do you feel then thinking now now with that thought and like what what comes up and what can we work through and like because the fear of something is oftentimes worse than the reality and like a lot of times the fear we're, we're living in anxiety, which is a, in the future that doesn't even exist yet and may never exist that way. So we're getting all worked up about something that doesn't even, that might not even be a problem.
1: And all we're doing when we do that is drawing that reality to us. Right. So I'll, I'll take it to like crow pose in yoga. Yeah. I remember I was so scared of smashing my face. Like who isn't scared of smashing their face in crow pose? Yeah. I was for 15 years i avoided doing crow pose <laughs> and in my yoga teacher training i i was just so in flow in this practice and and having my awareness on my breath and we were practicing this just this vinyasa this beautiful flow and i knew the flow and and all of a sudden the teacher said crow pose and i just jumped into like literally from down dog jumped into crow pose or i landed my knees on my triceps and and was in it. And then of course, so then you're in flow, right? But then I had the, holy shit, I'm in crow pose. And then you're not in flow anymore. Once you realize <laughs> you're in flow, no flow. Right. And, um, and I was like, oh my gosh. And it was this amazing moment of just being in flow and in, when you're in flow, you're in trust and you know, you're in presence and that's where you've got a hundred percent of you. And, and so then I started doing crow pose, crow pose, but now I start thinking about it too much. And, and I'm, but I'm, I can do it physically. So I've got the confidence. And then one day I fell and I did exactly what I feared so much for so many years. And guess what? It was totally fine.
0: Yeah. So it
1: was, when I actually did fall on my face, yeah. it was so gentle. Cause let's face it. You're not that far from the earth at that point. Right. You, it's pretty low risk. Yeah. And I did this kind of like amoeba, like smashed my face and rolled onto my shoulder, and I just lied there, and I with the, <laughs> with such gratitude that I actually just experienced the thing that I feared so much for so long, and it was completely absent of fear. The whole experience was absent of fear. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so
1: fear is never about what's happening right now. Fear is always about what might happen next.
0: Yep yep and it's based in your ego. your ego's trying to watch out in front and keep you safe, right like you said, the ego's not bad. it's yeah. just like like we have a fearful dog at our house, mm. and she's just afraid of everything and some- and I have to remember that like she's just afraid, it's like her she barks a lot because of that, and it's like she's just trying to make sure everything's okay, Similar, same thing with your ego, right It's like right. you can't be like. Like, you can't be mad at it or, like, not have it exist. It's there for a reason. But it also can't drive.
1: (laughs) No, it can't drive. And it's always trying to climb,
0: you know, into Mm -hmm. the
1: front seat. And, you know, I I have this visual. I'm a really visual person. I have this visual of it kind of strapped. It's like a little baby. And it's like, you know, because it is. It's always kicking and screaming.
0: (laughs) And it's like this little
1: baby. And I get it, like, all buckled in. and, And it's, you know, it's can kind of see a little bit out the window and it's like, okay. Right. It's like, I'm driving, everything's okay. It's like, Oh, I'm in the car. It likes to be included. But then it realizes it can't see the whole view and it realizes that it's behind me. And then it has this moment of like, (gasps) you know, like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't see everything that's coming at me. And then it freaks out. And that's, that's those moments where, you know, we can freak out with it or we can just recognize what it is and then we can choose how we're gonna navigate that moment. And I heard this thing when I was in um, yoga teacher training, pretty profound uh, experience to say the least. Yeah. And I think it was um, Byron Katie who said, um, "You know, I walk this earth without fear. And the moment I heard that, you know how those things drop in in yoga and you're like, oh my God, that's me. I've been waiting my whole life to live that way. And that was a moment, like these moments that your life just shifts forever. And I love that. And I've done things to... And that doesn't mean I don't experience fear.
0: Right.
1: It just means that I don't move from it. It can be there. And if it's there, I don't take a step. I, I get myself calm. And my heart still might be breathing, breathe, you know, beating, Or, but I'm in the breath. I'm, I'm calm. I'm in the moment. I'm fine right now. And that's how I move forward. And I've had experiences where I've... Thank God I've got a husband who just like lets me do whatever I want to do which is amazing which is why probably I love him as much as I did when I fell in love with the back of him <laughs> is that you know I'll be like I'm going to go Gua- I'm, I'm going to go to Guatemala and he's like oh awesome I'm like you're not going I'm going he's like who with who no one where are you staying I don't know you know and I go I go away and I you know because I love to experiment <laughs> with the unknown <laughs> and he just lets me do that um, he doesn't let me he allows me he loves that part of me you know and he trusts yeah. Um and so going to these places and, and playing with that and truly, can I walk this earth without fear? And so far, the answer is yes. And it's such a beautiful way for me, for me, for me. It's my journey. Um, and that's what I found works really well. I like that motto. And the other one I've got is like, only move from calm. Mm. I only move from calm. So whether that, I am in like I'm teetering, about to fall over in dancer pose, or I'm you know, on the ledge of some high altitude race that I'm doing and it's like, whoa, one step and I could be gone. It's like, I feel that breath because that breath for me, especially the exhale, that's just, that just anchors me right into what's happening. And what I've found is that what's happening is I'm always fine. I'm always okay. The fear is always about what might happen next. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So we talked about the ego. Mm -hmm. What what would you say is the opposite of the ego? What else is there other than the ego?
1: Well, I don't think there is. I think there's only one. I think that the, the ego is a part of the soul. It's the part that identifies with this world as being all there is. And I don't believe that to be true. You know, we even know from science that they've said they only really have they really only know like five to 10% of what's out there. And so if we believe that what we see, taste, smell, touch, hear is all there is, we're missing like 95%. So that 95% has my attention. And that 95% is what I feel in my heart. And so, you know, the ego is, I believe the lower self. And I guess if we're saying like the opposite of that, it would be the big self. And that's a question I ask myself all the time, if, if I'm indulging in something that just doesn't, doesn't feel good, I'm like, what would my, you know, who's talking right now, big self or little self? And if it doesn't feel good, it's usually the little self. And so then I ask, well, what would the big self say? You know, whether it's being dismantled financially or being in judgment of somebody or being angry, the big self is always like, this is great. <laughs> this is all so great because it's all moving me in the direction I need to go so I think there is that big self and that little self but the source of all of it is just the same and it's this stream of consciousness of well-being of love which is um you know what I believe we're here to discover and and attune to nice (laughs) I mean, it's like, I I don't, I don't, I don't get (laughs) why people don't want to be the masters of their mind. Like, I don't understand why mastery is not everybody's goal. I I just don't. Um, But that's okay. It's my goal. Like, I want to be a master of everything I do. This conversation, these words I speak, the tea that I'm drinking, walking down here, the way I see people mastery is a moment-to-moment process and I just feel like it's all-encompassing like if I can be a master and as an athlete like and that's what gets me about athletes I'm like don't you guys want to be masters like who gives a shit about your 5k PR like who cares I don't care like (laughs) I want to know about what's happening between the starting line and the finishing line did you master it Right. Or did you just wait for, some, for it to be over? Were you just enduring it? Are you just enduring 2020? Are you waiting for something to change? Right? Like, we've got this opportunity. It's being served up on a silver platter for us
0: yeah.
1: to be the master of our moment. And I just love that. Like, the first time I heard mastery, I just, like, had a saliv- salivary, like, response. Like, I was salivating. I really believe it's why I'm here. And um, so my work is being okay that not everybody wants to be a master of their mind yeah. or their moment. And how do I love that and meet that with mastery? Yeah. I'm very clear on what my work is here, um, for sure. Because that East Coast part of me is, and she's, she's helped me a lot. But yeah, she can get me in trouble too. She's not the best navigator.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I feel like a lot of people are just unaware of um, the possibilities. Yeah, that's so
1: beautiful,
0: yes. So many people, like our culture doesn't teach any of this. Like you said, there is no like truth 101. There's no how to be a good person 101. There's like all these main things that actually make a difference of how you interact with the world and life and people. Mm. Like those are all sort of lessons that life teaches you. Or that if you're lucky, uh, good people in your life will teach you. Mm-hmm. But not everybody knows those things. And they're, they're like, you know, they, they're, like, fluid and change generation to generation. And, um, yeah, it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm so grateful for the information that moves through me. Like, I don't, I don't take credit for any of it. Like, mm-hmm. that, I, I just, the more I deepen my relationship with presence the more I'm able to, to open up to the wisdom and, you know, the encyclopedia of knowledge of all there is that everybody has access to. Um, and so I, it's not lost on me. I am so grateful, and I'm so grateful for all the teachers that have come into my life, you know, whether they feel good or they don't feel good to me, but it's especially the masters, you know, and paying attention to what resonates in your life. I launched this podcast in August, which was a gift of COVID called Awake Athlete, and that's one thing I say over and over. It's like, take what resonates and leave the rest, and I think so many times we're so stuck in what doesn't resonate and fighting for that, as my husband would say, fighting for our limitations. Yeah. Yeah. When what resonates is what we're ready to hear and it's just waiting for us to expand and what we don't understand in that moment will come. But if you're focusing on what you don't agree with, you're missing what's, what you're resonating with, what you're ready to step into.
0: Yeah, and it's like that is the little self fighting for the limitations yeah it's a little self who is like focusing on the small little um things when the mastery is like the big picture and uh the little self is like well if i just like get this personal record for this event and that's what i'm focusing on and it's like if i get it then great and if i don't get it then like i've basically failed i
1: know when the bigger
0: self is like no like all of this is the work <laughs> and it's cool you said 2020 is an opportunity like 2020 is yoga Tw- like yoga it's like an
1: advanced class right
0: the yoga exactly <laughs> the yoga begins when your mind starts to yell at you that the pose is hard like that's when you're like that's when you really are being challenged and so this whole year is that for us and so it's like what can you do with challenge mm-hmm. where like who are you really and like, which uh, which wolf are you feeding?
1: Yes, absolutely. And I, believe me, I fought to the death for my limitations. I know how that feels. And I know how real it feels. Yeah. So I'm not saying that's wrong. No. But um, if I can offer somebody a shortcut, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Because I had teachers that helped me, you know, take some shortcuts in my life. Meaning, um, like I had this moment when I was in being held in warrior 2 which what it felt like it was like 2 hours it was probably <laughs> knowing this teacher it was probably like 3 or 4 minutes which <laughs> is like super intense and it was silent and there was no mirrors in the studio and there was no music in the studio and it was total silence except for what was going on in my head which was like really loud it was like a death metal show you know
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and the teacher broke the silence and he just said if you think it's going to suck it's going to suck and that was another one of those moments where I realized that it sucked because I thought it sucked. And I left that class going, okay, where else in my life am I creating suck? Yes.
0: <laughs> because
1: I, I don't want to feel like I just felt in that. That doesn't feel like what I'm supposed to do here on earth. I don't feel like I'm supposed to feel like it sucks. So where else am I creating that in my life? Because that was the moment I realized, like, it was just kind of taught to me in those those simple words that I am the creator of my experience, and it's all in how I'm responding to it.
0: And that is the effect of yoga. Yeah, that's oh my where God. it's like a a training ground. <laughs> it's like this awesome little. I mean, the yoga mat's a laboratory. It's also like a spaceship that takes you to other dimensional realms where you have issues and then it like (laughs) helps you work through those and then you take that and then you take it into your day and then all of a sudden your interaction with so-and-so is better or you can handle it better or you work around problems better Mm -hmm. um let's see how we doing on time all right uh there's one thing i want to have you do ask you if you would do would you lead us through a couple minute meditation oh
1: my gosh i would love to sweet I would say
0: assume that a lot of the listeners have never meditated before. Okay. And uh, go from there.
1: Yeah. Can I just preface this by saying, like, I avoided meditation, like, the plague, for many, many years. Kind of like as a vegetarian, when people, when the vegans would talk to me about dairy, I'd be like, save it. Like, the yoga teacher would try and talk to me about meditation. I was like, save it. (laughs) Save it. (laughs) I was the girl that couldn't sit down. Like, I couldn't sit down. So, um, if. Uh, The first thing I'd like to say before... You want to do this now? Sure. Awesome. And the first thing I'd like to say is that meditation is not about stopping your thoughts. So, let's just take that pressure off. It's about training ourselves to put our awareness on something other than our thoughts. And um, the recipe for that, and the Yoga Sutras even says this too, a little bit, every day, over a long period of time. So... Um, I talked about shortcuts before. There's no shortcut to this. (laughs) But the shortcut is if you begin even just one conscious breath a day, you will be bypassing years and years and years of suffering for sure. All right, let's do it. So everyone just close their eyes. And if you're driving and you're listening to this, obviously don't close your eyes, but just everyone relax. Relax the top of your head. Just bring your awareness to the top of your head and relax. There's muscles all over our skull. Relax all of those muscles. Relax the hair on your head. Relax your ears. Relax your eyelids, the corners of your eyes. Relax your cheeks. And your jaw. Relax your throat. We have all these major arteries and muscles in our neck. Relax your neck. Relax your shoulders, your arms. Relax your hands. Relax your heart. Relax the constriction in your heart. It's safe. It's okay to keep that open. There's nothing to defend. There's nothing to fear. Relax your lungs. Relax your ribs and the space between your ribs. Relax your belly and your low back, and let your hips be really heavy on the surface on which you sit. Relax your upper legs, your knees. Relax your lower legs and your feet. Relax your toes and the space between your toes. imagine just from your feet down through the surface on which they rest just these roots down through the floor through all the surfaces of the earth and all the beautiful beings that live under the surface of the earth through its layers right down to the core And then imagine right from that core, returning up through the roots, just a beautiful white light. It's a healing light, a powerful light. It's the light that is the same essence of every single one of us, the energy of light. And let that light come up and surround and fill your feet up through your lower legs, creating space in your knees through your upper legs into your hips. And let that light just pool right in your pelvic bowl and let it spill over down your lower body and see if you can feel the warmth of that light. And then bring that light up through the center of your spine and imagine it shining out through all the spaces of your vertebrae, transmuting all of your cells and your organs, your arteries, your muscles to perfect health. Let that light surround your heart and fill your heart, your relaxed, open heart, your lungs, through your shoulders and down your arms into your hands. feel the warmth of that light in your hands. And then bring that light up through the center of your throat into the base of your skull, and let it just pool right in the base of your skull, this beautiful white light. And let it come up through the back of your head, the sides of your head, behind all the muscles of your face. And let it flow through all the folds of your brain, opening new neural pathways to possibility, to solution, to compassion, to belief, and something greater than yourself. And let that light cleanse all those old world neural pathways of limitation and fear, judgment and separation, allowing that light to just let those pathways fall away. Opening new possibilities for joy in your life and remembering that joy is your birthright. We are here to experience joy. And let that light come right out of the top of your head, through the roof, beyond the clouds, and into the abyss of the universe. And for just a few breaths, see yourself and feel yourself as you sit now, surrounded and filled with this beautiful essence of light. Now just bring your awareness back to an everyday breath. And feel the rise and the fall of your chest as you breathe. And now go ahead and take one more deep breath in. We'll do this together. And a long, slow, deep breath out. And slowly, when you're ready, open your eyes.
0: That was great.
1: Isn't that the best thing in the world?
0: Oh yeah! (laughs) Like,
1: ooh, there's nothing like a meditation high. Yeah. Ooh. I've experienced many highs in my life, and <laughs> that one is far superior, and much more sustainable, and um, and free.
0: Yeah, available. Mm. I
1: hope you guys enjoyed that, and uh, yeah, calmness is is, a, is the to move from a foundation of calm to practice that. Remember that you have that option through your breath. You know, it just, it becomes the energy from which you move and you step into this world every day from such a powerful place. And I think it's super cool to feel powerful. Mm -hmm. It really is. And, you know, one thing, it just, I've seen this practice that I do sitting down, shutting my mouth, closing my eyes and doing nothing for a certain amount of moments every morning has made every relationship in my life better and nobody has changed <laughs> nobody needs to change nothing outside of me needs to change in order for me to feel powerful and free yeah Isn't that that's cool that's so
0: cool yeah yeah i mean what changes is you your connection to yourself
1: and yeah my your... relationship to every how i respond yeah
0: it all starts inside of you. Nobody
1: a, needs to change. Everybody is exactly where they need to be. Yeah, we're all, we're all on the same train. We're just at different stations.
0: <laughs> That's it. Yep. We're all
1: moving in the same direction.
0: Yeah.
1: So, you know, mastery is something we're all going to find.
0: Love it
1: yeah that was awesome thank you yeah I'm such a junkie like I love to do that (laughs) as many times as I possibly can in a day
0: totally oh that was great I feel I feel very grounded and very light at the same time like uh
1: yeah like
0: strong but uh I don't know like emo or energetically agile
1: yeah
0: cool I like that yeah nice um you want to switch to the questions yeah let's do it okay so uh the first question is let's say you walk into this room and there's a little girl sitting there she's about 10 years old you walk over to her and she turns around and looks you in the eyes and she's you from like a 10 year old self um and you have the opportunity to give little you little jess one piece of advice what would that be
1: you are right on time (laughs) You are you are right on time. Everything you're doing is it's perfect for your timeline. Keep doing it.
0: Mm. Yeah. Rather than getting caught in the feeling that you need to do this, you need to do that, or that you, you should more. be
1: somewhere other than you are. Yep. You should be further along.
0: Yeah.
1: You're perfect. You're right on time. I would yeah, I wouldn't change anything about her.
0: Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> Uh, next question is, assuming that everything goes exactly as you want it to go, uh, what does your world look like in five years?
1: I am leading uh, a team of professional athletes in meditation at the Olympics.
0: woo <laughs> I just got chills on that one.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Cool. Doesn't matter to me if it's Team USA or Team Brazil or yeah, right. Those are just separators. Those are just labels. But leading athletes in meditation at the Olympics. Nice. Yeah, I've already seen it. The Olympics are in LA.
0: Perfect. <laughs> I know. Yeah, in the backyard here. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Um, if you were to. Uh, say the first person that comes to your head as who's been a major influence in your life, who would you say?
1: I would say, um, my husband, my husband, he is, he's my, he's a soulmate. I know that we've been doing work together for a very long time and our work as a couple, you know, he shines a light on where my disturbances are and he, gives me the space to allow those to level out and without him I don't know if I would have seen those so clearly
0: relationships are very powerful oh my god if, if people choose to engage in them in a uh, constructive like growth mindset team aspect they can be so powerful
1: yeah he's got this um kindness and this patience about him that I really d- desired more of in my life. I really think from a subconscious standpoint when we met, and he's taught me that like I hear him talking to our team and he says things I couldn't get away with saying what he says, but his he has this kindness and this love about him and he always he goes on live with our with our athletes you know twice a week and one time he does it just himself and the other time it's with another one of our coaches and here are these badass athletes you know doing pretty amazing things and you know they're meditating and all this other crazy stuff that we've got them doing now and he closes every single one of those talks with I love you and here's this guy one of the best my husband's one of the best ironman triathletes in the world
0: oh wow
1: and here he is telling these guys like men and women i love you and the way he says it is so empowering and it's it's so like i want to i want to be like him
0: wow yes (laughs) so
1: he's this kindness and and his mom had it his mom definitely had it too and uh She's no longer here on this earth and when she left this earth, which actually wasn't that long ago, um, he felt this infusion to, like, of more of it. It was really interesting and wow. this mission to, to love more and bigger and more expansively than he ever has before. And I don't necessarily know how he's going to do that because he is that love. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. Oh,
0: that's Great. <laughs> I love that he he's out there doing his thing being being him. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> That's what the world needs.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: All right, so the last question is uh, what is your definition of art?
1: Oh, I think it's it's crea- it's creativity. It's 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 dropping into the present moment where we are able to access our essence, which is creativity. And expressing that in our own unique way, whether that's painting, singing, podcasting, writing, meditating, running, whatever it is that allows you to um, express your unique creativity in this world.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like the, it, It's the essence.
1: It's the essence. It's the
0: essence underneath whatever the physical form right is that it comes out in
1: right the the whether it's a you know a microphone or or a paintbrush or you know a hammer Mm -hmm. it's the it's the energy from which you're moving is the is the art
0: yeah yeah I like that and then I I mean the move from calm comes back to my mind Mm -hmm. and that it's like that's so cool. I'm definitely taking that along with me oh, into yeah. my life. Take
1: like, it, Steal it all. Um,
0: because so often we, we move from frantic or, like, pressured or yeah. so many different things. Stress. And then, like, the decision you make. Just, like, the way that you move. And then tying that into, like, a paintbrush. If I'm stressed, if I'm, like, anxious, my hand is going to be shaking a little bit. But if I'm calm, if I just and I'm, feel like, in my essence, then, like, the, the brush moves so smoothly. You can see it and feel it in the brushwork. It's, like, and then I'm sure that in every other craft, you can, like, there's examples of the same thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I just want to assure everyone that, you know, I, I didn't always move from calm. At all and um, but it's from that contrast of having panic attacks so bad I would pass out I would like lose consciousness that it's from that beautiful contrast that I have found this really effortless commitment to move from calm you know when I'm out there like running 50 miles that's long
0: (laughs) okay that's not easy (laughs)
1: And there's a part where you, know, you get what we call cardiac drift, where your heart rate is high. like You're fatigued. The physical body's fatigued, and, um, and I'm still pushing it. But if I get caught in that cardiac drift, if I get caught in that high heart rate, and I'm like, <gasps> I'm not going to be able to breathe. But if I can feel my feet and my shoes, and I can remember those roots that go all the way to the core of the earth, I'm going to feel grounded in the face of those physiological symptoms that are arising because I've been running for 13 hours. So for me, I started because I was trying to figure out who I was. And now endurance sports is all about um moving from who i truly am because i know who she is now and i love 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 going long and it's all the mental game for me i know my body can do it i have 14 i'm going on 15 years of being an endurance athlete i'm 48 years old and um
0: you're 48 yeah no way
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) and uh great
0: job keep doing what you're doing (laughs) (laughs)
1: well truth be told this is funny i started meditating right remember i said uh, forget meditation like no it's a waste of time um but i knew i needed to do something and it was actually when we moved back east and i started to feel myself get into that cyclone of energy back there that i was like whoa my bull i was like i need to maintain my bolder lifestyle in new england how do i do that ended up being meditation but really the thing that got me to sit my ass down every day and do it was that I had read this thing that it actually lengthens the telomeres on your D- uh, the caps of your DNA which is anti-aging. Yep. So I was like I'm all in. Same so now. it was super <laughs> vain. It was super vain, but it got me to sit down and then doing nothing has changed everything.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that's great. We're going to we're going to close it on that one. doing nothing has changed everything. Yeah. Well, Jess, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, that was Um,
1: fun.
0: Yeah, this is great. This is everything I thought it might be. Cool. uh, Yeah, this is the part of the podcast where I thank my guests and I shower them with acknowledgement because (laughs) uh, your yoga classes, we connected through yoga over at Woven here, a block away from my studio, and your yoga classes were always just so awesome. Like, the light, I feel like they were a great combination of groundedness and lightness at the same time and your energy like you operate on a high frequency energy pattern and um yeah it's light but also powerful and uh has a lot of depth to it and like i always just loved walking in your class i'm like all right let's fucking do this
1: (laughs) yeah here we are
0: um then and yeah it it was always great so Awesome. You're doing awesome things with your life. Thank Keep you. Up. It feels
1: <laughs> it feels like I'm doing what I came here to do. Nice. Yeah, I'm content with what is, and I'm eager for more. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. All right. Well, um, where can people follow you? Check out what you're doing. Listen to your podcasts?
1: Yeah. So, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter is at Yogi Triathlete yogi triathlete one word super easy that's where you'll find the yogi triathlete podcast that's about uh, sharing stories of people looking finding and living their purpose we've had oh my god just amazing high level athletes coaches doctors authors yogis like it just it spans right like people who are taking risks and getting to the other side of fear and you know that's where we find purpose and so we've been doing we're we're about to launch episode 241 we've been doing it since 2016 and then on instagram i'm at jess gumkowski uh j-e-s-s-g-u-m-k-o-w-s-k-i and the podcast that I launched as a um a a gift from the message that I received at the beginning of COVID, which was slow down even more, girl. Um the Awake Athlete podcast was birthed, and um it's 13, no, 14 episodes. I dropped it in a season. So one season season one dropped in August. They're short form wisdom bombs, anywhere from seven minutes to twenty two minutes. And what I have found out is that you do not have to be an athlete to listen to this. I've got so many people who, you know, just do it when they're walking their dog or, you know, they're like, is it okay for me to listen to it? I'm not an athlete. And so although I do speak to athletes, I have to tell you, you know, I think we're all endurance athletes. We are navigating so much in this life. And and um, and it's and I think that the, that awake athlete teaches us not to endure, but to learn how to be content with what is and, um, so yeah, that our podcast can be found on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, all the places that you find that stuff. So I'd love a follow. I'd love for you guys to check out an episode and let me know what you think. And um, if you like season one, then dive in because season two is going to be next level.
0: <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I'm checking it out. Right after this, I'll subscribe. Cool.
1: <laughs> awesome. Yay.
0: Um, okay, well, can you leave the humans with one last bit of wisdom?
1: Mm. You're right on time. I mean, you're right on time. You guys, you're never off your path. Even when it feels like you're off your path, you're never off your path. You're always moving forward. And we need the contrast in our life. And so the contrast I mean is those moments of challenge and struggle and fear. Utilize those to strengthen your desire for all that is good in the world. Because there is a reality of health and wellness and vibrancy and abundance that is available right now. And it always has been. It's never gone anywhere. There has also been a reality of fear and darkness and sickness and illness. It's always been available. We're just shining a light on it. So shine a light on everything that is good in the world because this life is a gift. Every single breath is your permission to live more. It's not a right. Jess (laughs)
0: Jess Gumkowski. <laughs> Cheers. Yay! That was so fun. So that my friends was Jess Gumkowski. She is awesome. <laughs> I really enjoyed that meditation. I don't know about you, but that was great. I felt I feel really great right now. It's like a it's cool. It's like a light groundedness and really I feel like it kind of goes to who she is as a person. She's like um, charged focused but also very positive like a like driven in a positive way it's like a good high frequency energy like i said at the end there like and that goes with her her yoga classes to um her as an athlete her as a coach you can see it on her instagram just like you really get a picture for this like similar frequency like it's just awesome high vibe go and uh, i think that's something that we could all using our lives, so I wanted to bring her on the show. Uh, definitely jump over and listen to episodes of her podcasts. She's got a ton of them from the first ep- the first podcast she's doing, uh, Yogi Triathlete, and then uh, the other one. Shit, it's a Wake Athlete. I think it's a Wake Athlete. Yes, I'll put it in the show notes either way. um, Yeah, I'm going to go check that out. After I listen to the episodes, I'll definitely know what it is, and I'll tell you then. But, um, yeah, I hope you're doing great things in your life. This is uh, winding down this crazy year of 2020. And, yeah, again, hopefully you're doing good things with it. Everything's an opportunity. 2020 is yoga. We're all just trying to find grace through challenge. And, uh, yeah, with that, cheers.